Welcome to Super Aging Podcast. This podcast strives to promote healthy aging and amplify caregiver voices while raising awareness about dementia. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Fatih Sipe. Today, I am going to continue our conversation with Dr. Kim. And if you haven't listened to Dr. Kim's initial interview, you can find that on the podcast side on Apple or Spotify or Podbeans. And this is the second part of our conversation. So Dr. Kim is the owner and pharmacist in charge of Robinson Drugs and Compounding Center and is an advocate for healthy living and alternative medicine and functional medicine. His specialty include bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, women's health, Victor Bond illness, nutrition, and cannabis medicine. With potential FDA overreach in the area of compounding hormones, Dr. Kim is here to discuss the role compounding medicine can play in the lives of patients seeking to live healthy lives. Thank you again, Dr. Kim, and welcome to Super Agent Podcast. So tell us about hormone deficiency and um, does it occur with menopause? Yeah, hormone deficiency, it doesn't just happen in menopause. It actually happens in all humans, men and women. And biologically, rightfully so, you know, you don't want to actually have the hormone level of a 20-year-old when you're in your 60s. Right. Mm-hmm. However, there's a well-growing science for well over 30 years now, utilizing hormone replacement therapy to improve patients' health, as well as some of the symptoms that they may have, and in terms of utilizing these things as a so-called anti-aging, mm. because you want to actually have the same amount of cognitive ability, the physical ability, and to have the emotional ability to live your life in a long way and improve your quality of life rather than completely be debilitated and having to suffer from hormone deficiency. So there's a growing field of it where it's much more in female, but now also growing in men, where if they don't feel right, if they feel that they're a little off, they may have uh, issue deal, especially for females, they may have to deal with some of the vagal symptoms such as hot flashes or night sweats, Mm-hmm. Or even in terms of men, if they have uh, issue dealing with uh, energy or erectile dysfunction or sexual dysfunction that you may go through, mm-hmm. those are necessary things that you end up having to see where hormone replacement therapy will be warranted. And those are the key things that's going to really show if the person is having some type of hormone deficiency there, right? Mm-hmm. And hormone deficiency is not a bad thing. It's just the level of it and what type of balance are you able to have within the hormones such as progesterone, estrogen, DHEA, testosterone, and as well as a stress hormone, such as cortisol. But you have to look at the overall balance and keeping a patient in a homeostasis, literally, and really supporting them in a better way. So in terms of hormone deficiency-wise, again, it's not just dealing with women. It actually happens mm-hmm. with guys as well. Right. So you have to look at it in a better, bigger light and find out what are their really what are their needs are and customize the therapy based on that. So you mentioned this happens with both men and women and hormone replacement therapy would be an avenue to take. Are men taking doing hormone replacement therapy as well? 
Yes, just that, yes, men would end up having to work on their testosterone replacement therapy and as well as stress management and working with their overall um, your energy level and some of the symptoms they may have. So men goes, men goes through something called andropause, like menopause, there's something called mm-hmm. andropause. Mm-hmm. So those are the options there. What are some of the side effects of hormone replacement therapy? What could it cause someone? Um, well, depending on what we're talking about, it's very difficult to say. The side effects, anything that you do in terms of natural or you know, hormone replacement therapy, or even looking at medications all have side effects, but how you manage those side effects is the most important part. Mm. So you have to look at that aspect and look at that, not just about, oh, am I going to be you know, sick from taking this? No, you're not going to get sick at all or may, but what type of risk factor are we taking? So if you, even if you go through, let's just say an estrogen replacement therapy, the doctor has to do the proper blood work, do all the proper screening and getting you the right dose of the estrogen. So this way you could either apply it, take it by a pill, by a pill and those are the options that you actually have. And that is something that needs to be customized to the patient's needs. Because if you think about this, you know, the, there's not a same John Kim's everywhere. There's, you know, there's mm-hmm. different John Kim's or at least different people out there. They're going to have different metabolism. They have different makeup and different other aspect of it that you have to look at in terms of customizing the overall hormone replacement therapy uh, for the individuals. And that's very important. And that's not, where not the compounding, not, not one size fits all. And that's where compounding pharmacies shine very well because we're able to customize the medication therapy, at least the hormone therapy for the patients. That's wonderful. What do you find are some of the discussion points that typically ignored among doctors and patients that you feel are important in their journey? I think is the lack of knowledge on both ends. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of times doctors, you know, I, I have utmost respect for them as well, but they don't particularly have every answer or every training possible, right? So some doctors, some OB-GYNs especially, they would end up having to say compounded hormone replacement therapy is a bad thing because it's not FDA approved or has not shown to really work. Well, that's a different story at this point because compounding pharmacies are there to customize medication for the patient's needs. And in terms of the overall strenuous approval process that the FDA actually had put into place for medications, it's not there for compounding pharmacies at all because we make it and then we dispense it directly to the patient. It's not like we're going through a whole clinical trial. That does not mean that the hormones not, uh, a hormone is ineffective. There's a different just ways in terms of dispensing to the patient. But another thing that needs to be addressed is how why this compounded hormone replacement therapy is so important is to customize the therapy for the patient's needs and really looking at and how do we treat these individuals like individuals rather than just looking at them as a great population and having to think that is an all cookie cutter approach. Nothing is a cookie cutter. Everybody's is different. Everybody's unique. You have to look at these in an individual light and looking at a greater way. So that's the biggest important thing that a lot of times is misunderstood by the doctors and as well as patients. And I, I hope this, it sets it very straight. Do you think there is a mistrust between, um, say, traditional doctors and or 
and compounding pharmacy or practitioners of compounding pharmacy. Is there a mistrust in between? No, uh, there's no mistrust at all. I mean, it's it's more dealing with how familiar they are and what kind of training they've received and what they're looking to do, right? There's there's a lot of uh, so-called woke doctors where they are awakened by the fact that there's a certain limitation in terms of what you could do with the set of medications that's available on the market, where compound medications are there to really help to achieve a customized individualistic approach for the patients. And that's what the doctors end up having to do. So there's absolutely no mistrust there, right? It's all about about how much you know and how much you can apply and what kind of impact you can make as a doctor. Okay. How big is the market for the compounding pharmacy? How, how many of them are available? Uh, oh, geez. I, I, I'm not too sure. I think it's well over you know, a thousand or so compounding pharmacies. I mean, even okay. just in our area, uh, there's at least around three or four. But again, it's hot. just because you have a, lot, a large number of compounding pharmacies, it doesn't mean anything except for you need to really look at, again, just like what you're looking at a, a quality doctor, you have to look at a quality compounding pharmacist who is doing all the necessary things that are based on the FDA and, and as well as the Board of Pharmacy guideline and keeping this straight and getting the right medications. And that also accounts for you know, proper compounding skills, training, you know what they know and everything that goes on. So right. those are the things that we have to look at in terms of uh, what, or at least which compounding pharmacy is going to work out for you. Excellent. Well, my final question to you, since we talk about all the good nuggets that you gave us, I want to know what do you do for self-care? Yeah. Actually, before we, we, before we uh, discuss our self-care, and, and um, yeah. I, I'm going to really discuss it, but one of the things I'd like to at least address to your audience is that the overall option with compounded hormone replacement therapy is in danger at this point. And way that the our three-letter government agency, the FDA, had right now is trying to control the overall avenue and accessibility of compounding pharmacies and having patients have the options to customize their medication by getting rid of the choices, right? Okay. And then they had utilized a very poorly modeled study from the National Academy of Science and Medicine last okay. year, back in March of 2020 result in the fact that the whole stance right now by the FDA is trying to get rid of compounded hormone replacement therapy because they find that there is no evidence of showing safety or efficacy. So that's okay. the thing, things that needs to be uh, gotten, uh, need to fight against. And I'm, I'm just here right now to educate the public at this point that in terms of your overall choice of what the therapy that you could have for you and as well as what kind of accessibility you actually have as a patient is being jeopardized. And that's the last thing you want because you don't want your government to be there to control what is available for you to use, whatever you, uh, is needed to take care of your health, right? That's between you and your doctor. And as a pharmacist, the government should not be getting involved in doing this. As, and compounding pharmacies, we've had data and as well as you know, anecdotal evidence for many, many years, it shows that compounded medication, especially compounded hormone replacement therapy is safe and as well as effective in treating a lot of the hormonal deficiencies that patients actually have. And that's how you treat some of the chronic conditions you actually have 
and also getting the patients back to normal, or at least try to get them there, right? So I want to at least encourage them about that. You know, if you want to get additional information about it, there is a website that you could go to, okay. uh, Alliance for uh, Pharmaceutical Compounding, APC, and they are doing a educational and as fundraising to fight the FDA and try to protect the patient's rights of accessing compound hormone replacement therapy. So I could send you additional link to you for two. And um, okay. I wish you could share it to your audience. And I wish anyone out there who are looking to that, or even maybe your loved ones looking to get hormone replacement therapy, we need to always to protect patients' accessibility, accessibility of compounding hormones, as well as freedom of choice in terms of what is right in terms of treating your condition based on your, you and your doctor's decision and the pharmacist getting involved. And so once we actually have government getting involved, they're not going to stop there. They're trying to go after everything, including nutritional products and vitamins. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know that FDA serves as an, a body that oversees medication and kind of try to make control of what gets out there and what doesn't until approval is done. Right. Um, I'm wondering, since this, this hormonal replacement therapy is compounding pharmacies, was there any, I know you mentioned data, but was there any clinical trials that gave evidence to its efficacy and safety? Yes, there are plenty of studies available. And that's where the Academy, uh, the uh, uh, Alliance for Pharmaceutical Company has been really diving into those data, having those available. And there are studies available from Europe and United States and Asia to show that you know, some of the uh, compounded forms of hormone therapy is safe and effective. We have the data is there. It's just that the FDA completely decided to ignore it. But self-care-wise, I mean, for me, you know, you have to look at self-care as how to treat yourself and pampering yourself, right? If you, if you, and also loving yourself as well. So if you don't have that, that could affect your health. So one thing you need to do is, uh, what I like to do is you know, my self-care starts in the morning. I wake up. Um, I like to open up my blinds, you know, wide open, get the natural light come in. Right. And then I, um, you know, I meditate in the morning mm-hmm. uh, and as well as I actually meditate inside my little tiny sauna that I actually have. It's a really small sauna that I had purchased okay. and lets me sweat it out for about uh, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. It's not that expensive compared to some conventional saunas that they have out there. So, okay. you know, I'm doing that. And then afterwards I drink a, you know, two large glass of water with some electrolytes because when you wake up, you are dehydrated. So you want to get your water intake in right away. Mm-hmm. And certain days I end up having to skip breakfast completely and, and eat, eat a large lunch. Okay. Uh, but if I do end up having to eat breakfast will be, you know, something very light, such as like a certain protein to keep my um, blood sugar level well controlled okay. um, or using, using some type of a nut bar that I end up having to ingest. So, okay. or a protein shake for that matter. So that's what I do. And I like to uh, drink some medicinal herb uh, teas. So okay. that's what I do. So I, my routine is very, very different. I've been doing this for many years. Okay. And uh, I, I, you know, this is for me. It's not for everybody out there. But if you are trying to do something, especially have a, a good health, you want to actually have a set morning routine that is going to really suit out for you. You know, I'm not a big morning person, even though it sounds like it. Uh, I cannot wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Some people like to. Right. If you could have an earlier day and 
start managing that by exercising, meditating, you know, doing a gratitude work, right? Journaling. Those are great ways to start, yeah. right? Those are the things that you could really do. And then if you could do all those things, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure there's families out there, their fathers and mothers who have to wake up earlier than their kids because they want to fit all these things in. Maybe you need to, right? Mm-hmm. And really help to have a, a bright start of the day. And then after that, all the things I'd like to do self-care wise, I always look at the ingredients in terms of what I purchase. So, you know, especially like the uh, facial uh, care that I, I, I do, uh, skincare, those are the things that I, I always do okay. is because, you know, I'm actually 40 years old. I don't look like 40, you but look like one. you don't no, look like one at all. I don't look like one, but I'm 40, but you know, I, I like to keep myself, um, I like to care, take care of my skin pretty well. So that's, that's a self-care routine that I do. Yes. I'm not saying that I go for a facial massage, but I do take care of my skin. I do wash my skin uh, well and, and doing that moisture, moisturize as well. And also eating the right food. You know, I, I don't, you know, I like to have a, a little bit of a cocktail here and there, but I'm not going to binge drink on that. So I'll leave that for a special day. But mm-hmm. usually I end up having to drink a lot of water. I like to have herbal teas or herbal coffee that uh, I end up having to drink. Uh, and all down to what I'm eating, you know, how much you're taking care of stress and as well as exercising, right? Yeah. So those are the things that I do uh, differently. And, and some people may do it differently. I also end up having to take a lot of supplements as well to help promote good gut health and as well as uh, overall stress management and help me relax and, and also help to reduce inflammation. So those are things that I end up having to incorporate a lot of times to just take care of me because if I'm not able to take care of myself, how am I able to take care of my patients later on? Sure. So those are things. Everybody should be thinking about this, that you're not just living for your own. You are mm-hmm. living for the people around you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's such a strong, powerful, inspirational message that you sent out there. And thank you very much, Dr. Kim, for your insights today. If you want to learn more about Dr. Kim, um, his website is drkimwellness.com. And like he mentioned, he's on Instagram. He's very active on that and give a lot of good nuggets on that side. So um, check him out on that. Dr. Kim, is there any other thing that you want to share how people can get hold of you, like where they can see you? I know of Instagram and, and of course, your wellness uh, website. Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram is probably the best way to contact me. Uh, you okay. could DM me there. You could you know follow me and and learn all the tidbits of health that I put out there. So make sure you tune in and as well as follow me. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into Super Agent Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this all. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out by leaving us a comment or email us at info at superagentpodcast.com or connect with us on social media sites. And if you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe and review the soul. Until next time, remember that self-care is self-love. Take good care.